a lot of these descriptions on these websites are just like, this is what static electricity is. And I'm like, that's not what that's not the question I was asking. I know what static <laughs> electricity is. I'm asking yeah. why we're observing static electricity. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome to the AtCast, a podcast for the study of modern visual culture. I'm your depressed piano boy, Soup. And I'm your slightly less depressed piano boy, Renu. <laughs> this week, AT stands for Absolute Terror, or Anniversary Time, because we'll be talking about Neon Genesis Evangelion 3.0 You Cannot Redo. But before we get into that, uh, what, have we, uh, what have we been up to, Renu? What have you been up to? It's been quite a while since we've recorded um, this oh, episode. Oh, my goodness. Should have been recorded quite a long time ago, but um, for reasons that we will get into quite shortly, um, (laughs) it has not been recorded yet. Well, we had the entirety of the bulk of the holidays, basically, between this and our last recording, like Thanksgiving and Christmas, so all the the winter holidays. Yep, Um, yep, yep. So, yeah, um, I would say... I actually wrote this down so I would remember it for the podcast. Uh-huh. But over the holiday, uh, Thanksgiving holiday specifically, I threw out my back. <laughs> you threw out your back? Oh my god! It was horrible. It was. It was so stupid too. So I, I basically I drove to go see my friends, and it was a very long drive. It was like a twelve, thirteen hour drive. Sure. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I guess maybe like a day or two after that. Um, you know, I was staying over there for like a, the long weekend and, um, we were getting ready to just sit down and watch some anime. And so like me, like mid like motion sitting down onto the couch. So like, I guess my back was like at a 45 degree angle. Like, you know, my butt was about to hit the cushion. Um, I felt a horrible, sharp pain in my lower left back, like. And it was so bad that I couldn't even straighten back up because that was my first instinct was like try and stand back up, but I couldn't and I couldn't quite reach like I could either fall back on the couch or like to the floor and I felt like it would get worse if I tried to bend further by sitting on the couch. And so I just like slowly sank to the floor. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) And And then I mentioned like straightened out by laying down on my back, but it was like. It was so bad that for basically the rest of the evening, I couldn't sit up more than like 20 or 30 degrees. And it took until like, because I couldn't sleep, <laughs> you know, I was just like, like just laying on the floor, essentially, you know, I couldn't lay on a bed or like a couch or anything because it would have aggravated my back too much just trying to get onto any of those things. Um, so I was just laying there on the floor. Um, hoping that maybe laying straight would help, but it didn't. And so eventually I had to use the bathroom at like around 5 a.m. And I was like, well, I got to get there one way or another. (laughs) And so I would just like very slowly but surely like kind of like use my hands like 
slide myself. <laughs> oh my god! You crawled to the bathroom at five a.m. Yeah, yeah. Essentially, though. Um, so I was in the living room, right? And there's like a dining room, and then the kitchen, and then the bathroom, right? So mm-hmm. I had to make it through the two rooms to get the bathroom. Um, and so basically, by the time I got to the dining room, I was like, okay, there's like plenty of chairs and a table here. I'm going to try and sit up and stand up with the aid of these objects. And hopefully that might, I might be able to manage that. And it took a couple hours, but I managed to finally get up onto two wobbly feet and like very, like (laughs) slowly make my way through the kitchen, like, like, like old person shuffling, right? You know, when they take the little tiny half steps, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh my god that was me all the way to the bathroom but i made it i managed to you know do everything i needed to do and then um i think i risked sleeping on the couch for until like you know the, for a couple hours and it was mostly okay but essentially mm-hmm. i spent the rest of the holiday like recovering um and thankfully by the time that I needed to drive back, I was able to do so with um, some icy hot patches that my friends got me and uh, some pain meds and everything. Like Basically, I recovered enough to be able to make the drive back home. Jesus Christ. Um, yeah. And my friends were really kind. I, we, I brought Clover with me and they helped me take care of her. And of course, they provided anything that I might have needed. And it, they were really sweet. And it's just... <laughs> I just feel so bad. Like, you did, I, I didn't do anything, you know? I was just trying yeah, to sit on the sofa. I, well, I, I was going to say, it's it's like, it would be one thing, it's like one thing to kind of throw out your back doing, yeah. um, like, labor stuff, right? Like, right. you know, lifting something that's, like, too heavy exactly. or whatever, having improper right. form when, you, when you're lifting, right? Like, that, yeah. that's one thing. It is another thing entirely to throw out your back just by sitting incorrectly. I think probably the stress of like sitting for so long during the drive probably it just built up so much in my back that you know oh yeah for uh, sure for sure um uh, I, so, I know yeah. exactly what you mean yeah so I think I mean now um I've bought like cushions for like a lumbar cushion and a seat cushion for my um car and I might get one for like my office chair and everything too mm-hmm. but yeah. Those have helped. So since then, I've had to do a long drive, like I think an even longer drive um, over the winter holiday to go see my parents. And um, that was fine. I didn't throw out my back or anything. I had no back pain because the cushions really, really helped. So <laughs> uh, Proper ergonomics is super <laughs> yeah. important. Oh, absolutely. And of course, I've been like trying to exercise little by little and, you know, yeah, increase yeah, my yeah. core strength so it doesn't happen again. Um that's uh I even had mm-hmm. yeah was, <laughs> I even had a um uh like a massage therapy appointment just to like you know after I had recovered some enough to like feel confident if I could walk around and everything um and yeah the the masseuse was basically telling me like different stretches and exercises I could practice so that this doesn't happen again and also telling me about how most of uh, his clients are people like me who sit all day for our job, and therefore that's basically what you know. Mm-hmm. It, it what causes all these things. He called it competitive sitting, essentially. Like we don't realize how hard it is on our bodies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> to just sit all day. Oh God, yeah. So, 
it it yeah. is it is important to have kind of like proper stuff. Like if I um if I had the budget, like the first thing that I would do, uh, for instance, would be to get to get a better uh, be- like a better chair, right? Like um oh yeah yeah, it's so like important. Getting one of those like nice like Herman Miller like uh mm, office chairs yeah, is yeah. like the dream, yeah. right? Because mm-hmm. like I-, I sit a lot. That's my primary mm-hmm. sort of thing. Um, but right. yeah, no, I I totally know what you mean. I've been trying to get a little bit more exercise into into my daily um my daily routine as well oh uh, good yeah yeah so uh i have like a, a little routine app um that uh Ooh. basically runs me through a morning routine which is really helpful because otherwise i'm so bad at sticking to things um but a lot of other apps are kind of garbage but uh this one that i've been using it's called routinery is apparently quite quite good um and it comes highly recommended for uh people with ADHD which um you know that's that's me i have that, <laughs> right um but yeah uh so i have uh been tweaking my my morning routine you know making sure it all lines up uh making sure i have enough time to like do stuff um but i put a little like stretching and exercise in the first like 10 minutes of my day which is nice you know oh good that is very good so hopefully i can uh i can stick to that um yeah yeah anything else uh, other than throwing out your back well, I mostly said that as a cautionary tale to yeah to anyone else who has a sedentary lifestyle. Um, even I if you are most young, people right now, exactly. You even if you're young, it's it's always a risk. So take care of your back, but also take care of your neck and shoulders because that's the other part of your body that takes a huge toll when you're um, sitting all day. Um, so I would definitely recommend finding. Um, exercises like online via physical therapists. There's tons of videos and and resources and stuff like that from trained yeah. professionals who will be able to help you prevent this kind of thing from happening, which I had not done any of these exercises. <laughs> yeah. Well, so the thing is that, um, like, it, it it's kind of terrible, right? Like, we're definitely not meant to be sitting for extended periods of time and no. using <laughs> our hands in such a way. So, like... Mm. The thing is that, like, there's way more you need to take care of uh, in regards to your body than than you think, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, for a long time, um, my primary sort of occupations um, were, you know, playing video games and writing and, and drawing and that kind of stuff. So I mm-hmm. I have I've done a lot of, like, wrist exercises to prevent, like, RSI mm-hmm. and stuff, right? Yeah. Um, but that's not the only thing you have to take care of, right? It's also the rest yeah. of your body and... Yeah, my posture is um needless to say quite quite bad. It's not <laughs> it's not good. Uh if a if a doctor were to look at me, I think they would be somewhat disappointed, but um yeah, <laughs> I I don't know. I I've I've thought for a while that like probably something is like misaligned in my body. Like I probably have like some like slight scoliosis or something at, uh but oh, I haven't hmm. been to a general checkup in so long cuz um you know why <laughs> like it's uh it's a it's a hard time to go outside right now um it's also and, a hard time to see a doctor right now yeah so. it's quite a quite a hard time to see a doctor right now like it is it, it's one thing um maybe like a couple months ago when we were uh you know people were getting vaccinated and like the curve was going down um but now we have the the new variant and stuff and mm-hmm. um cases are at an all-time high again um you know, mm-hmm. not to talk about the sort of like doom and gloom of the current day, because it it is not all doom and gloom, right? Like, um, 
the vaccines do work. Uh, and there are some, some problems, um, hashtag many problems with, uh, with the way that, uh, our government keeps handling things specifically in regards to schools. Like this is a, this is a thing that, um, a lot of the, uh, people that work at the, um, the restaurant that I work at are high schoolers. Right. And, Mm. um, Basically, everyone has completely dropped the ball uh, when it comes to schools because they're like, we don't want to, uh, we w- we don't want to implement remote learning um, anymore because, like, we just decided that the pandemic is over when it's obviously not, right? <laughs> uh-huh. And so, as a result, um, schools have become this terrifying biological warfare zone where you don't know who's sick, and uh, in many places. Um, you can't get out of school uh, unless you have a positive PCR test and not a rapid test, even though you're more likely to get a false, you know, uh, negative on a on a rapid test than a, than a false positive, right? So it makes absolutely zero sense. And, well, okay, it makes no sense in regards to a public health um, sort of uh, situation, right? Mm-hmm. Um, this is a a wild thing that we've just decided is okay, where we're just like, all right, so um, go to school, kids. The pandemic is over. It's not over. We have a more contagious version of the virus now. What yeah, made you play- think it was over? <laughs> like, people only I, uh, just, you know? Yeah, no, definitely. It's, I've often wondered and felt, horrible for the kids having to grow up during like having this in during their school yeah. lives or, i mean you know the at thing a is point in their lives right the thing is that like um you know we can talk about how uh remote learning in many ways deprives children of um certain um essential things about school like being able to socialize and stuff like that but yeah. at the same mm-hmm. time we have to recognize that like structurally speaking um, we have been screwing over the school system for like 40 years. Right. Mm-hmm. And so you can't turn around and say like, um, you should just go back to school. Remote learning is bad for kids when the schools were not ideally made for the kids in the first place. And like, that's kind of what we're seeing now. Right. Where, mm-hmm. um, it's definitely not about the kids and about the safety of the kids and about the quality of their education, because if we cared about the quality of, of their education, other other things about the school would have been solved a long time ago, like, you know, budgeting problems and, like, you know, proper ventilation systems, right? Like, it's kind of a terrible thing, right, where 100% the only reason that kids aren't doing remote learning right now is because um, it introduces the possibility that adults have to stay home to watch their kids and then we suddenly have to, you know, um, expend more uh, resources to um, to manage that, right? And so people want to open up so fucking badly. Um, they're like, the economy, the economy. And it's like, ah, uh, don't know about that one, Chief. I really, really don't know about this one. Like, and it's terrible, too, because, like, if, if you're essentially um, introducing a virus that will inevitably hit, like, the entire youth base of your society like that's gonna have economic impacts which is why like it's so funny because like it reveals that capitalism isn't even good at making money because they're they only care about short-term profits they don't care about like um the long-term health of the system itself they're just like 
it's basically just a smash and grab, right? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is just like so depressing, right? Like, obviously, as a high schooler, I very clearly recognize that the system didn't give a shit about us. I grew up in a very, I, I was very lucky to grow up in a place that actually cared about its school system and had, like, public funding and, like, was in a relatively wealthy area, right? The quality of the, the public education system where I went to school was really good. But uh-huh. um, I recognize that that is not the same for uh, everywhere, right? In fact, most schools, I would say, across America are not are not quite like that. And... um. Yes, obviously, remote learning um, in many ways is a detriment to for many reasons. But like, you can't just send the kids to a germ box and then expect yeah. everything to be okay, right? Their health should come first, and then their education will come second, or yeah, however I, far along the priority line you want it to be. And but it's regardless. and it's kind it's kind of crazy too because it's not like it's not even like about the health of the kids in respect to like um, the. Uh, the parents being able to choose what's right, right? Like a lot of parents are rightfully going to not want to send their kids into the the, the germ box that is a high school. Like, let's be honest, high school yeah. is kind of gross at the best of times, right? Yeah. Um, you, you could not pay me to go into a high school right now, right? But like the problem mm-hmm. is that um, in some places like uh, like New York, if you – uh, are absent without good reason um, and they're not accepting like ex- uh, exposure to COVID or uh, rapid tests as good reason, you get truancy charges, which is fucking crazy. Wait, what? Yeah, <laughs> right? So like it's not, even, it's not even something that the parents are allowed to decide anymore. It's just that the, the schools are deciding you have to come to school or we're going we're gonna to start pressing charges. Wow. I've not heard of that. That's outrageous. Yeah, that's um anyway. Um so uh putting putting that slightly to the side. Um <laughs> What were we talking about? We did get about? a little sidetracked. Yeah. <laughs> um we were talking about the holidays. <laughs> oh god. Yeah, tell me about uh, it. yes, and I think that's I mean, aside from that, I spent a lot of time with Clover and Okay, that's good. <laughs> Uh, my parents got to meet her, and that was a lot of fun. So, um, at my parents' house, they have um, a chestnut tree that grows in their backyard, Ooh. and so every year they have That's roasted nice. chestnuts, right? Yeah. So we have like a little fire stove and everything. Cute. Um, I love chestnuts. Yeah, they're nice, right? And so, uh, they wanted to give some to Clover, and I was like, sure. I mean, apparently they're not really toxic for dogs okay. or anything. Um, and so they gave it to her and she liked it. And so then throughout the rest of the holiday, they would just treat her with chestnuts throughout the day. Oh my God. Yeah. That, that sounds about right. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) They would like, they they would take a roasted chestnut and they would peel it for her and they give her the inside, you know, and then she would walk away with it (laughs) and and crunch it. (laughs) That's so classic, like, like grandparent behavior. Like, okay. So this is, this is like, this is like a thing, right? Where like, um, in a, in many cases, um, I I tend to find this especially with like Asian families, but yeah. um, also with you know with some other kinds of families, but like most prominently, right? If you are a child of like immigrants and your parents want you to have kids really badly, but if you don't have kids and you have a pet, they will they will spoil that child rotten. Um, <laughs> because when I live with with my parents, still. Mm-hmm. Um, Philip would get treats just 
all the time. He would get <laughs> so many treats. It was actually ridiculous. He would get so many treats that he wouldn't even finish his dinner. He was just like, mm, I want treats. I'm like, oh, no, no, baby. That's bad. No treats for you. <laughs> Um, and since yeah. and since we've uh, since we've departed from my parents' house, he's you know he gets far far fewer treats because we're not just gonna give him treats all the time. Yeah, I I tried to basically manage that by letting my parents know that a Clover's stomach is actually sensitive, so you have to be oh, careful baby. what you give her. So everything you give her, you run through me, make sure so that I can tell you if it's okay or not. Um, and second of all, um, I don't think I really brought that many treats. I think I brought a little treat bag, like in my treat pouch with, mm-hmm. uh, for walks and stuff like that. But aside from that, not really. Um, and so she just ended up getting treated with all the all these like nice little healthy things, like the chestnuts or a boiled carrot or a boiled sweet potato or boiled pumpkin, mm-hmm. like all these things that we had around the house that uh, she could eat and liked eating. Um, so I was like, this is fine. You know, if you're going to go Asian parenting on my dog and try to <laughs> spoil the heck out of her, Asian grandparenting, I should say. Yeah. Um, I'm fine if you do it with lots of nice, healthy things. <laughs> yeah. This is, that's also the thing is that like, um, also if you're, if your parents were ever like kind of mean or cold growing up, all of that completely falls away when they become parents. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, that was it was really yeah. nice. <laughs> like, uh my my grandpa used to be like a super, super strict parent, like a super traditional yeah. conservative, like Korean father, right? Uh-huh. To my uh-huh. dad. And um uh-huh. uh I, I've never known this man to be any anything but like just the kind like candy giving grandpa is just like, oh, yes, <laughs> have a piece of candy. Here you go. Right? Um Yeah. It's it's kind of it's kind of wild. Um, I I actually read. Uh, so my grandpa wrote a an autobiography. Um, about himself. Uh, and my cousin translated it. Um, and passed it by me to um, do do a read through, right? To do like an editing pass on it, because you know, that's that's what we're good at, right? Um, mm-hmm. and yeah, I I learned a lot because my family doesn't really talk about themselves, and I was like, I didn't know right. any of this shit. What what, right. what are you talking about? What is yeah. this? I want something like that for my family too. They also don't yeah, really talk I'm, about themselves a whole I lot. I mean, <laughs> yeah, right? Like, I'm I'm sure I'm sure right that like, your parents never really spoke about you know the stuff that they do. Like this is this is funny because like my um sometimes like my dad will just offhand say something. And just mm-hmm. expect it to like completely fly. Like he'll just be like, "Yeah, I remember when I lived in like Colorado." I'm like, "You did what? <laughs> <laughs> you didn't tell me about this at all." <laughs> I didn't know you even left California. <laughs> yeah. Well, apparently he moved mm-hmm. to California um, at some point uh, after working uh-huh. in, like the Denver airport for a while or something. Oh, interesting. Or something like that. I don't. I don't 100 percent remember. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's pretty pretty wild to me. Um, but yeah, uh, Asian Asian families are very weird. I feel like it's a very common story that um, 
the parent and the child might have some kind of falling out because the parent had was too strict or something like that, right? Mm-hmm. But then they get brought together again because the child has a grand has 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 their yeah, own child, and so now they're grandparents. Yeah, and so the grandparents are like, "Well, I want to be involved in the grandchild's life," and so then they all reconcile. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, like, I don't I don't know what it's like for um for your family, but um for my uh-huh. family, like grandparents were always like an essential part of um like the child rearing process Mm. like i probably saw my grandma more than i saw my parents um at least until i was like 12 right that's interesting yeah um so in in many ways like you know i was um or i mean obviously like they spent a lot more time with me when i was like a a a baby baby right yeah yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. uh, just Uh out the womb but um Mm -hmm. i don't remember any of that crap because i was like two right so yeah, a lot of my formative memories growing up are uh, surrounding being raised by by my grandparents, right? Yeah. Um, and I think that's that's fairly common for uh, for Korean families, um, at least nowadays. Um, yeah, my uh, my niece and nephew are also um, very close with their grandparents. So my mm-hmm. parents and then uh, my sister in law's parents because they have been helping to raise them. So mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> so. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Anything else you've been up to? Well, that's basically it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. It sounds like your holiday season wasn't like too stressful, which is you know good. No, it was very relaxing aside um, from the back issue. I had yeah. the complete opposite. <laughs> so uh... <laughs> okay, let's go. <laughs> let's hear it. <laughs> okay. Um. So, uh, boy, where do I start? Uh, I um. So okay. For the holiday season, um, I drove up to uh to Oregon with Gwen, and we. Um, you know, visited their family and stuff. Um, mm. and like that was all fine, right? Okay. You know, yeah. um, obviously it's it's COVID times. Um, the pandemic is not over. It's um still a little little touch and go. But mm. um, for the most part, you know, we got the time off we needed. We went up. Uh, we like we drove up. We went to mm-hmm. eat at our favorite places, and that was fine um ramen but then um <laughs> christmas rolls around and um gwen gets like a, a phone call from from the work that's just like hey um Uh-oh. uh we have to inform you that um you may have been exposed to to covid um because uh? one of the uh one of the other um uh you know mhts the mental health technicians um uh w- tested positive right um uh-huh. So like just like one of your coworkers tested positive and you may have been exposed. And okay. you know, they um hadn't gotten to us about the like uh severity of the exposure, about, you know, whatever. Um it was like a, a coworker um who, you know, uh at the end of the day it's just like um probably not like they didn't eat together or anything. Um okay. they didn't spend any time around each other with with their masks off, right? You know, it's a it's a it is a mental hospital, but it's a hospital, right? So they're all right. So there's um, a big enough space that probably it's it's a big enough space. They're all taking the necessary precautions, right? right? They've got you right. know masks and, and stuff. Um, okay, mm-hmm. but uh, we decided like we don't know how serious this is, so sure. better be safe. Mm-hmm. Probably instead of spending all of Christmas just kind of. Uh, in the basement because that was where we were staying. Um, uh-huh. uh, in uh, Gwen's mom's uh house, uh, in mm-hmm. like there's a whole like basement floor with like rooms and stuff. Um, so we're like, okay, should we just like go home? Um, and that was uh 
Yeah, it was just like, yeah, I, it's probably just safest just to go home, like limit the amount of exposure, you know. Um, if we're worried about uh, the potential of spreading COVID, like we don't want to be, um, we don't want that to weigh on our minds as we spend Christmas together, right? Oh yeah, definitely. You don't want to feel like you're risking your family and yeah. such. So yeah. on on Christmas Day, we drove <laughs> down from sure. um, from uh, like we were up in um, we were actually past Portland. Right, Portland's at the very oh. tip, like top tip of Oregon. Um, right. Yeah. Uh, but we were actually past there because Gwen's mom lives in in um, uh, in Washington in Vancouver. Um, oh, so okay. we drove from Vancouver down. Um, okay, and I don't know if you know knew about this or like, um, uh, or if I told you about it or whatever. But um, at the at the time, um, the West Coast was being hit by a a, a winter storm, like a oh, like a heavy winter storm that was caused by like a sky river, right? And so for the first time in like 15 years or whatever, right, um, places like Portland were getting snow on Christmas. So they were waking Whoa. up to a white Christmas, right? So we're Whoa. driving down. Yeah. And we drive down to um, like we're taking, you know, um, I-5. It's, it's like the highway that, that runs from Oregon to California. Um, mm. So we take, we're taking I-5 and we get down to about, um, to about Eugene. Um, and that's when the Maps app, the Apple Maps app, told us to take oh. um, Highway 58. Um, okay. And we're like, that's weird. Because, like, uh-huh. you can take I-5 all the way down to California. But, you know, uh-huh. I guess we'll trust the maps. So we drove for about an hour. Um, and it turns out that it was taking us, um, and I'll explain all of this later. But, like, um, okay. we got to a point where... Um, it was getting really snowy and oh, the, okay. the road itself was beginning to disappear under the snow. And so we pulled off <gasps> oh. to a chain up area, right? A snow chain area because um, the Whoa. lights were flashing, which meant we needed snow chains. We didn't have snow chains. Um, mm. And we were kind of looking up, um, looking like further up um, and we saw that it was only getting snowier. So um, we decided to turn around and we actually had a little bit of trouble getting off the chain up area. So Whoa. that really, really confirmed to us that we really needed to turn around. So we turn right back around and we go all the way back. Um, the in- entire amount of progress that we've um, gone down uh, Highway 58, which was about an hour. So we were two hours out of our way. Okay. And we get to... Um, the uh we get back to the kind of like um divide between um i5 and um the split between i5 and uh 50 okay. which is like a little south of of Eugene and um it's getting dark right and so what we don't want to happen is we don't want to be going through the highest elevation points in the dark um because yeah. that's where the most snow is going to stick right, right? exactly like a lot, yeah. there's quite a lot of snow coming down right, right. so we're like oh boy what do we do right yeah. And so we end up booking a motel room in yes. um in a little town in Oregon called Grants Pass. We are um we book a motel room in in Grants Pass and I drive I drive down from um where we were to to Grants Pass. It's about 48 minutes um mm. and it's thoroughly dark. There's not a lot of lights on that highway and it was snowing. So um I had the most stressful drive of my life. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> I'm I'm like going and I can't see anything except for the lights of the car in front of me and the car behind me. 
right? Uh... And um, that's like super stressful. But yeah. also, it's like snowing really hard to the point where it looks like, um, do you know, like how in like Star Wars, the like hyper, the like light speed like effect where like all the little motes of light are coming at you. That's basically <laughs> what I was seeing, like just smacking against my windshield, right? <sighs> and I like, I don't know if my um my uh wiper fluid is all weather wiper fluid, like antifreeze. So oh, I'm not gonna pull it to clean my windshield because if mm-hmm. I do it might freeze mm-hmm. over I might be might unable freeze. to see it I might just right. die right it might make it way worse right so I'm just like please please just hold on just hold on just hold on uh-huh. right and we go through um periods where it gets um snow snowier uh and periods where it like lightens up a little um okay but like I'm just like desperately clinging on to the lights of the car in front of me for an hour and <laughs> I came out on the other side of that, um, uh-huh. and we like made it to Grant's Pass, and we made it to the motel. Wow! And good. I was—I've never been more exhausted in my life. Um, yeah, that's scary. <laughs> but the problem was, yeah, then that we actually really hadn't eaten a meal all day. Sure. And it's Christmas, so nothing is open. <laughs> um, and so we go we go around we try to find out if like you know any of the fast food places are open um, and eventually we find mm-hmm. like uh, a Chinese place in town like a Chinese restaurant oh, in town that is always. open always right? let's go God bless God bless this Chinese never restaurant never close on holidays <laughs> um, so we call in an order and they're like super busy like we go over and we get our food sure um, and we go back to the hotel room um, and it's it's Christmas so like I'm just like so I like you know like we we get our like order it's like twenty eight dollars you know I tip a hundred percent and um the Aww, cashier looks nice. like she's gonna cry and I'm just like I need this moment Aww. of humanity in my life <laughs> right that's so sweet oh my goodness <laughs> listen if I'm not having a good Christmas someone someone should right oh. um so we go back to the hotel room and um they they, they didn't give us any utensils. <laughs> <laughs> So we might have, so I don't know if they were out of utensils or if they just forgot or whatever, but there were no utensils, but, um, you know, whatever. At that point, at that point, we just ate with our hands. It was fine. That's, it's fine. Um, and honestly, I'm not going to lie to you. It, I don't even think it was the, like, um, the sort of like high on life of being still alive. Um, I think that mm-hmm. it was actually pretty good Chinese food. Um, oh, yeah, there you go. That's good. <laughs> um, but uh, like they they gave us like like a thirty two ounce like cup of like um of like uh egg drop soup or whatever, right? Wow. Um, and my God, um, yeah. Uh, cue cue me eating like um deep fried like uh marinated chicken and like uh rice with my hands, and I'm just like, you know what? I'll take it. I'll take it. This could be worse. <laughs> What a wild Christmas. <laughs> so, yeah, um, originally we were going to just go all the way home, right? All the way down sure. to California, um, all the way yeah. down back to the Bay Area. But obviously we couldn't do that. Um, and so mm-hmm. then we just spend the rest of the night just kind of like trying to sleep, stressing about um, the mountain pass and stuff because it's like snowing a lot. And we don't know if it's going to be clear. Um, and then we spend uh, about like an hour or two the next morning tracking down snow chains because nowhere is selling snow chains in this fucking place. Um, this town wow. is like small and not only is the, the town small, 
um, both auto zones in town had their systems down, so we couldn't. They couldn't even open their shops to tell us if oh. they had snow chains. Um, oh my god! <laughs> we tried like two other places. They didn't have any for for the car that um, we were driving, and then um, oh. what we do is eventually we just um, call. Uh, a place in Medford, right, which is a, a, a slightly bigger city. You know, it's um, it's a little bit south. So we drive for like forty minutes down to Medford. We pick up our snow chains. Um, we get some like breakfast and stuff, and then we just we just start going down. And we're like, you know, this is the really stressful part where we're going through the highest elevation zones, and um, we're not sure what the conditions are going to be like. Right? Luckily, yeah. the snow was pretty light. And um, the accumulated snow had been melted by all the traffic that passed through, right? So that's Mm. like the thing about driving in snow is that driving in snow is kind of like the opposite of driving any other time. You want there to be as many cars as possible around you because it just it just like way reduces the chance that you're going to get into um, some kind of like accident, right? It breaks Um, down all the snow and ice. Right, because it melts all the snow. Um, yeah. Nobody can go too fast. Um, if you right. go, uh, even if you do, like, kind of, like, spin out, um, there's a chance you'll, like, you know, hit another car and, like, be able to regain your traction and stuff, right? So, mm. you know, all that, all that was, was there and um, was certainly a thing, right? Um, mm. And we passed through the highest point, uh, and there's, like, cameras that we've been checking, right? There's cameras posted um, all along the highway so that um, we can see. Um, and we get to the point where the most concerned about because there wasn't a camera for like a, a good couple miles. Um, but luckily, like enough cars have passed through and um, the gravel, they've put some gravel down, right? Um, okay. So Oregon yeah. tends to put gravel instead of, uh, uh, of salt down because it's less right, destructive right. on the cars. Um, right. And uh, yeah, we managed to pass through um, uh, safely the, the highest elevation point that we were going to get to. Um, except for one like small wrench, which was um as we were driving, Apple Maps kept telling us to take um uh uh an exit onto Mount Ashland Drive instead of just continuing down I five. And at this point, we're like we're thoroughly like unimpressed. We're like, no Apple Maps, we're not going to do that. Um, and it kept telling us to do that to the point where it started telling us to pull a U turn. Except wow. the the two lanes, right? Like the the lane that goes um like north and the lane that goes south are separated by elevation. It's impossible oh. Oh. physically to U-turn. <laughs> Apple Maps. So what Apple Maps doing? was like, "Hey, you're going the wrong way, idiot. Do a U-turn." And we're just like, "No." <laughs> there's maybe <laughs> there's nowhere to do a U-turn. It would be impossible. There's no way. Apple Maps has some insidious intent here. <laughs> um, yeah, so I think what happened here was that Apple Maps um, tells you to go where there's the least traffic, mm. which is not what you want. Um, and I think the reason it kept telling us to pull a U-turn, even though it wasn't physically possible, was because um, <laughs> the signal was not super good up in the mountains. And so it was just like, all right, this is what I'm using my my limited information for. Um, my my big AI brain tells me that you should pull a U-turn, and we're like, even if we could, we wouldn't want to do that, and we can't, so we're not going to do that. Why, yes, Apple Maps, I would love to follow your direction and careen off the side <laughs> of a cliff to get to die. the other road. Yeah, so um, that's that's oh the story of how Apple Maps tried to kill us. 
Anyway, uh, we made it home safely, and you know we, okay, good, good. we uh, had some dinner, and we celebrated our Christmas times. And you know what? Like it was, it was the most stressed I've ever been in my life. Um, and that was the holiday season. That was the most stressful holiday I've ever had. Like last year's New Year's was not amazing for me either, but this year, um, the that holiday season was just just something else. I gotta tell you. Wow, that's so exciting. Yeah. Um so I am I'm glad still glad you're okay. Yeah, I am still alive. Um the new year came and went. Uh yeah. obviously with the cases ramping up, we didn't feel safe having a new year celebration um with uh with our friends. So we just had an in-house one with the friends that live in our house. Um Sure. And then we, um, you know, uh, the new year has has been has been passing. Um, my birthday was on the third. I turned twenty five. Um, yeah, so I am happy belated. Half- Thank you. I'm halfway <laughs> through my my twenties now, um, and I feel like I've been robbed <laughs> because um, I didn't get to live like the last three years of my life, really. <sighs> <laughs> like don't get me wrong i love what i do uh, i love doing the podcast and you know my freelance mm. work and stuff but like <laughs> i'm a little bit upset that i didn't well, you know you know as you get older time passes more slowly <laughs> so it just becomes a little less consequential <laughs> I, I, think it's, I think it might kind of be the opposite i think time goes more quickly but yeah i mean obviously like you know um all, all that aside like um i am not like i'm not opposed to the idea of getting older i've never Okay, that's not true. When I was when I was in like middle and high school, I was like, I don't want to become an adult. That sounds like boring. Sh- that sounds like boring adult shit. Like you know, mm-hmm. having to grind nine to five to to make ends meet. That sounds terrible. And you know what? Looking mm-hmm. back, you're right, high school me. It mm-hmm. is terrible. Um, <laughs> but obviously, you know the the ravages of time is, is inevitable. The the inexorable march of time, etc. Right? I'm I don't begrieve getting older. Um, I uh. I think that that children are in too much of a rush to get older. Um mm-hmm. but ha- at this current point in my life, I am not upset with the person that I am, right? So Oh, know. that's lovely. That's exactly where you want to be. Yeah. So, <laughs> y- you know, like um time is going to pass. I'm going to get older and I'm just I'm going to live with that, right? Um mm-hmm. I think um in many ways, our culture kind of views being uh, hitting that like thirty, like that that age thirty mark as kind of a um, like a uh, an important point in your life where you have to be made by then. But you know, we obviously know that in <laughs> all, wa- yeah, right. So we obviously know that um, that's that's complete nonsense, right? Like thirty is kind yeah. of when you begin your life actually as an adult. So, yes, you, know. you have a fully formed brain at that point. Um, you've yep. either started your career or you are on your way, m- making your way towards the career you actually want to work. Um, and, you know, maybe you decide that you want to get a family or maybe you don't. Either way, there's a lot of important decisions that you make during your third decade of life that um, people hype up the 20s a lot. But really, I think the 30s is where things come together for a lot of people. Um, yeah, but regardless... Yeah. Your life, your own personal life is going to be different from the traditional landmark anyway. Like, people 
assign these arbitrary landmarks in life. Like at this age, you have to have children. At this age, you have to have a house and so on and so forth. And it's just all complete BS. Mm-hmm. Um, so live your life the way that you want to in a way that makes you feel happy and satisfied with yourself um, or strive towards the things that you think will better your life. I 100% agree. Yep. Um, coming into mm-hmm. the new year, um, obviously it would have been ideal if this episode came out uh, when it was supposed to, like a, a week and a bit ago. Um, but you live and you learn. <laughs> sometimes. I mean, you sometimes, know, not everyone gets hit by an ice storm or when, yeah, right. whatever during sometimes the you Christmas. Get, sometimes you get stuck in Oregon over the Christmas season and um, you think you're going to die for a solid two days. And you might need a couple of days to recover from that. I think it's so funny because on on my side of the country it was eighty degrees. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's like the thing, right? Is that Texas doesn't make any fucking sense. You're either you're either in the middle of what Californians would consider a summer, or you're in the in the next ice age, and there's no in between. So, um, yeah, uh, that is kind of like the. Honestly, that's like the short version. I'm not gonna lie to you. That is the short version of what my what my last like couple of uh, my last couple of weeks of being alive have uh, have been like. Um, there's so much happening in my life right now. I'm ah. So anyway, um, basically, uh, I got home from that harrowing adventure, um, and I decided to write off the rest of the year, um, which is why this episode is coming to you like uh, a week and some some bits late, right? Um. So thank you for your patience. My God, yeah. thank you for your patience. I know that the podcast has been very irregularly updated recently. Um, yeah, oof, boof. <laughs> it's okay. So I it think is. It's yeah. a, it can be a chaotic time for a lot of people. It is, it is. The holiday season is chaotic for quite a lot of people mm-hmm. for quite a lot of reasons, whether it be family-related mm-hmm. or just because um, being in a holiday season in the second year of a pandemic when people are fed up with being in the second year of a pandemic can be very hard. I went to the mall some amount of weeks ago to buy clothes so that I wouldn't be living with the same like underwear I've been wearing for the past six years. And it was an incredibly (laughs) stressful um, event because there were so many people there. A lot of people. (laughs) Like, you know, I, I, I'm not going to go outside period, <laughs> as much as I physically can, right? I will go to the grocery store in the yeah. off hours, if, yeah. if at all possible, right? Yeah, um, I, um, yeah. during the holiday, I went to go visit a friend of mine, and I wanted to bring, like, a little house gift, and I just stopped by uh, the store, and it was so freaking packed, because it was the holiday. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it, it like... Honestly, looking at this holiday season, you wouldn't even think that it was uh, we were in pandemic times, which is right. Exactly. Crazy. Yeah. Um, Yeah. The the thing is to me, right, is that um, I think that it is entirely okay to do family gatherings right now if you are comfortable with it, depending on the size of your family gathering. Mind you, I'm not advocating for a 60 person wedding right now, but like, you know. (laughs) I I think with with the sort of safeguards we have in place right now, um, obviously tests are a little hard to come by, and the government is extremely unhelpful in that regard. Um, mm-hmm. But you know everybody has the vaccine, 
um, hopefully. Um, hopefully you have the vaccine. And um, hopefully uh, if you live kind of in the general area that I do, hopefully you're all boosted up, right? So those are important yeah. things, right? Um, if you are triple boosted, uh, if you're triple vaccinated, um, it uh, is much more um, difficult for the uh, virus to um, transmit off of you. Um, and there's a chance you might be symptomatic before you're actually contagious um, because that's your body recognizing that there's something wrong inside you and alerting you essentially. Right. So, right. You know, um, in, in that regard, I, um, it's, it, it is funny because this holiday season um, had a lot of families kind of reuniting and that's very sweet and all. But um, the funniest thing to me about that, I'm not going to lie is um, the fact that people started getting regular illnesses again. <laughs> Yeah, like the common cold. I like people started getting the common cold. Again. Had the common cold. Like she got tested and everything, of course, to make sure it wasn't, uh, you know, the COVID or whatever. But um, it was negative, and she was like, "Oh, okay. Well, I guess I just have a cold." <laughs> right. Exactly. You're just like, I forgot colds existed because everyone's been like isolated and masking and stuff. Like, and I'm yeah. not saying like we should bring a a a, a return to the common cold. Um, I'm just like, you know. Um, speaking of, um. Speaking of being boosted, um, I, I haven't mentioned this, but I, ha- I am boosted now. Um, I had a lot of trouble finding an appointment. Um, oh, really? Because mm. uh, people just like eat that shit up, especially for the holiday season, right? Um, so I was Whoa. looking in like mid-December, and it was booked all the way to mid-January. Um, but, <gasps> um, wow. but I was looking around, um, uh, and I happened to find, um, it must have been like a canceled appointment or something, uh, on the 31st. Um, was one appointment right um Uh and that was the first appointment that would be open to me um other than the like mid-january ones right so i I booked it up and i drove like 11 miles and i just i I got boosted um i actually got my my booster and my flu shot oh good (laughs) and then at the same time this is efficiency and then then, uh, yeah might as well and, and stuff and i spent like a day being um i spent like a night feeling extremely ill um, and then I woke up in the morning and I had to drive to my family's house to celebrate <laughs> New Year's. Um, but you know, it was at least an excuse for me to um get out of there as, as soon as possible. Um, just be like, I'm I got boosted. I'm really tired. Um, and then I, I and then home. we streamed later. Yeah, and then <laughs> we streamed we? that day. Yeah. Uh, so uh. <laughs> What do I know? I I'm I'm just I'm out here, um, yeah. Uh, but I'm I'm happy for that. Um, I haven't gotten a flu shot in years. Yeah. So um, yeah. But anyway, yeah. If possible, um, I would look at um, getting boosted. Um, mm. you know, check the availability where you are. Um, obviously, I I'm quite lucky in that um my state and county has an abundance of vaccine booster shots to to distribute as we <laughs> you pass. you want to talk about an abundance i would my appointment was so easy to get i was the only one there <laughs> yeah yeah that's i i've been speaking to some people with um to uh because obviously like you live in texas i have another friend that lives in texas that's just like yeah there's so many appointments here that i'm I, all i have to do is find the one that suits me the best and i'm like exactly oh, yeah that's oh, it was God. the same for me i was like well i'll just pick the time that is most convenient for me like <laughs> What a travesty, <laughs> honestly, <laughs> right? Like, what a what a what a public healthcare messaging like failure that we've yeah. gotten to a point where like this is what's what's happening. Like, there are other countries that could use those. 
Yeah, just, I would say ugh, so. It's, it's, it's depressing, but I, I don't want to dwell on this too long. I want to talk about other depressing things. <laughs> oh, I forgot. Okay. I forgot completely. Um, it completely <laughs> slipped from my mind until this very moment. Okay. The other thing I've been dealing with, which is the fact that mm. the, uh, the, the fucking heating in my house has been off for two oh. weeks. Oh, no. I came back on, I came back on Christmas Day and the, oh, the no. heat didn't work. <laughs> How cold is it? Has it been really cold? I mean, it has been for California. Like f- the really? first couple of days I was back, it really didn't matter because I I just spent a lot of time in Oregon, right? Okay, and Oregon is yeah. fucking freezing, right? Sure. Um, and you know, I get down here, it's like forty. Uh, it's like kind of high forties, right, at night. Oh, okay. Except uh-huh. it has it was it started to dip a lot more. And we reached one one night where it got freezing temperature. <gasps> oh no! <laughs> and it's like, of course, our heat is off in the in the like m- coldest uh, week of the year. Um, so our heat has been off since Christmas, and um, we wow. uh, we had an appointment for the thirty first, right? Sure. Um. But the guy had a family emergency, quote unquote, and you know. Oh, whatever. <laughs> right, I, I'm not going to, um, I'm not going to begrieve somebody who's just like, I, I don't want to work on New Year's Eve or whatever. But like, the next available appointment was the sixth of January. Uh huh. Which was like, what? What? Have fun freezing for another week. <laughs> yeah. Right. So anyway, um. I think we got someone out like a day or two early, luckily, um, and they took, oh, they took a look at the, the heating system and they're like, oh, you need to replace this like filter part. Um, but we also need to clean the whole thing. So we need to get the landlord's approval for that. Um, <sighs> and it was a whole ordeal. But like n- now the next time that they're going to come is, is Monday. Um, if you're listening to this podcast, hopefully it's tomorrow. <laughs> like we've been we've been so with- you're still so your heating is still not. Our heating, our heating has not been functioning for two weeks because the like the like um I guess whatever company um works with the insurance people um is just booked all the way up and I like what are they doing? What are they doing out there? Listen, like, come on. Like we're literally here without heat. And I mean like we have um two space heaters that my uh one of my roommates thankfully brought from home and they've been helping an immense amount. But also, mm. as a result of that, our electricity bill is just fucking, it just fucking out there this this month, and it's like ah, pain. You you should have. Do you have any electric blankets? Yeah, we have an electric blanket. Um, but we also um, the wiring in this house is fairly old, so we don't want to overload the breakers. <laughs> um, oh yeah. dear! <laughs> so um, we do have electric blankets, and we do oh, have um space okay. heaters. But that means okay. that like um, the office is warm, and like one other room gets to be warm, and it's uh, not too bad when you're sleeping. You know, you got all your blankets and stuff. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, yeah, it's not not ideal. Um, and mm. I will say the next part of that is also the fact that um, because um, uh, obviously with the rise of cases, um, more people are going to have COVID, right? Um, so some of the people at, um, at Gwen's, like, the hospital that they work at um, have been um, testing positive, right? And that's been a concern. So Gwen is, like, 
uh, somewhat quarantining, and I'm sleeping in the office. <laughs> I'm sleeping on a beanbag chair because that's just where it's the warmest. What's happening during your holiday over there? <laughs> my my winter season has been uncharacteristically problematic. <laughs> is is the way that I'm going to put that. Oh, I'm so sorry. But, you know, you sound like you are you're holding it together and uh, hopefully uh, you'll get I, some relief soon. I am. I <laughs> <Okay>. think. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <sighs> anyway, um, mm. we have been catching up for around about an hour now, give or take. Um, and I think that's appropriate for the uh for the end of the year episode, quote unquote. Uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, let us talk about Evangelion, and then we'll talk uh about you know podcast stuff. Um, and then we'll we'll wrap up, right? Sure. So, um, Evangelion 3.0, you cannot redo. Um, this is an interesting one to talk about, I would say, um, because we pretty recently um, saw 4 point, uh, 3.0 plus 1.0. Yeah. And we <laughs> recently talked about 3.0 plus 1.0. Um, and moreover, it's been, a, it's been a good couple years since I've watched uh, 3.0. And... Mm. Um, even more than that, um, my knowledge of this series is getting weirder because um, we watch basically <laughs> one movie like every year, right? So I'm just like, yeah, what is happening? <laughs> I'm just like trying to piece we, everything together. I'm just like, it's been so yeah. long since I watched 2.0. Yeah, so for anyone who's wondering why we're covering 3.0 now, it's because we want to basically complete the set so we did 1.0 2.0 and then 3.0 plus 1.0 we might yeah, as look, well look forward to round next, it off with next 3.0. year's christmas um slash anniversary episode who knows what we'll do then yeah i don't know because i mean evangelion is finished now even though we're only just now talking about the third movie but um if we decide to do it i think uh what there's like evan there's an, there's an interesting well, it looks interesting. Documentary on the making of 3.0 plus 1.0 that I kind of want to check out, but oh, I don't know if that's that might be interesting. Yeah, of a pop, I would, I would, be, in, I would be, I would be pretty into that. Um, I would, okay. uh, yeah. I mean, obviously, we have an entire year to think about it. Um, that mm -hmm. year is going to pass faster and slower yeah. than we think it's going to. But yeah, um, yeah. Um, I I think that uh, it'll be it'll be interesting. This will be an interesting year. Um, and we'll talk about, you know, some of the logistical sort of housekeeping stuff later. But um, Evangelion 3.0 deals with the aftermath of 2.0, where uh, at the end, uh, Shinji triggers third impact, um, and then 14 years pass. We have a little time skip. Um, and everything appears to be getting worse all the time. Um, so <laughs> uh, basically, um, Gendo and Fuyutsuki are like the only members of Nerve left, uh, Misato and everyone else left to start a new organization, a new cooler club they call Ville. Um, Ville. <laughs> and it, which is an organization dedicated to the destruction of Nerve. Um, and then um, they retrieve Shinji and he wakes up and he's just like, what the fuck is going on? Um, and they put an explosive choker on him and then Nerve kidnaps Shinji. And uh, he has to slowly come to terms with the fact that Rei Ayanami is dead um, and that she is super, super not alive anymore and that the, the Rei Ayanami he sees before him is uh, just another goop clone. Um, 
But he also meets Karu, who helps him cope, and they do some gay piano stuff. Um, <laughs> and then they uh, go to get some spears, and they're like, we need the spears to be able to to reboot the world and stuff. Um, but uh, Kaoru was like, wait, this isn't right. The spears are the same spear. And mm-hmm. Shinji's like, fuck you, I'm going to do it anyway. And Kaoru's like, I don't think you should. And Asuka's like, I don't think you should do that. Um, and then yeah. he does it anyway. Mm-hmm. And then the world ends, kind of. Uh, it yes, it almost ends. Um, basically, Kaoru, uh, his Kaoru's choker because he took it off of Shinji, um, uh, explodes and then causes him to die. And he was hoping that that would ca- stop the the next impact, but it doesn't. And so then basically some some hijinks happen, but they manage to narrowly avoid causing the world to end. Again. <laughs> Again. I mean, listen, they called it near third impact. It seemed pretty third impacty yes. to me. Uh, yeah, I mean, considering the world was almost extinct. <laughs> um, but yes, uh, so uh, then Kaoru's head explodes because he took mm-hmm. the choker of exploding. Yes. Um, and then Shinji is forever traumatized. Um, some cool yes. action stuff happens, uh, and then Asuka pulls Shinji out, and they start wandering into the distance with, uh, with new, new Goop Ray. Um, yes. And that's where it ends for, like, a decade. And then they, and then they have the new movie where they, like, start at the... Yeah, so you know how it goes. You know how it goes. Um, <laughs> we will we'll talk about 3.0 about as much as, uh, as much as we can. We have been talking about Evangelion for a solid, like, four years now, so... Um, I am like d- deeply afraid that I will just commit com- to saying lots of things that I've just said before. So I try my best not to say those things again because those are in the episodes. They you, they're in the they're in the past. You can watch them and stuff. Um. But yeah, um, mm-hmm. three point is uh, in many ways. Um, it actually it's funny because watching it now, um. Or watching it back then, it always kind of felt like you know this is like the this is like a you know the the boom big Evangelion movie. Um, but watching it now in the aftermath of uh, three point plus one point it feels like the uh, it almost feels like just like kind of a transition, right? Yeah, well, to me, it felt like uh, you know watch back then when we watched them in order. Um, 3.0, and I think this is what caused a lot of the fan backlash too when it came out was that it feels quite a bit of a departure from the rest of the movies. Yeah, um, yeah. And so having watched 3.0 plus 1.0, um, now and then watching this 3.0 again, it's interesting to see how, what kinds of things they kind of walked back mm-hmm. <laughs> from 3.0 and. In the fourth movie, for example, you get a really harsh reintroduction to Misato and Shinji's relationship where it's completely flipped. Yeah, she hates yeah. him and, and treats him very coldly. But then in the fourth movie, they reconcile their relationship and, and stuff like that. So um, it's just really interesting how many plot points they bring up in 3.0 that they wrap up with a lot of finality in the fourth movie. Um uh-huh. And uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I think that's a very. <laughs> it's just kind of wild watching it again after the fourth movie. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I think I think you're you're kind of right about um uh 3.0 feels a lot more like 3.0 plus 1.0. Um, it feels mm-hmm. like a departure from um kind of Evangelion as as we knew it. 
Like, yeah. um, like we said about 3.0 plus 1.0, um, there is actually, you know, some decently quiet contemplative moments um, in this, uh, in this mm-hmm. movie, right? Mm-hmm. Moments that are just like Kaoru and Shinji um, and they're like, you know, getting to know each other and, um, you know, they just kind of look up at the stars together and uh, Kaoru pulls the least straight face of all time as he, like, pulls the uh, paint me like one of your French girl poses, right? <laughs> I think it's also... It, it, 3.0 is also a great, interesting movie because it's not the same as 1.0 or 2.0 where they basically rehashed... Um, the yeah, it's like series. it's like primarily new content, right? Right, um, exactly. Mm-hmm. It it is the first time in the kind of reboot, um, I guess you could call it, that it uh, feels like we're departing. Um, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it 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 is interesting. I, I will say um, there is a lot of stuff in this movie that points to like lore that my brain just like every t- I I swear to god every time I think I ha- I understand evangelion lore like just on its head just the lore I there's something else comes along and I'm just like what does any of this mean right <laughs> this doesn't make any sense um, right and I think to to some extent it's supposed to be a little bit uh, esoteric it's a, it's meant to be a little nonsensical um, yes yes I think so too <laughs> But like there is some stuff in this in this movie that um is is just wildly bonkers, right? <laughs> like he, like I think people people rightfully talk about how like out there uh, Evangelion is and how hard it is to understand, and I understand why they think that because it is. Oh yeah, it's definitely. Like, I think <laughs> the core of Evangelion is quite easy to understand. Mm-hmm. Um, the outer lore of it is completely incomprehensible. Hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, you know, um, if we're just going to talk about the sort of narrative meat of, um, of 3.0, um, it definitely works, right? Um, Mm -hmm. I like it a lot and, um, there's kind of a lot of cool thematic stuff with, um, the music player, right? Um, oh yes. Because it was, um, so the music player is something that, that Shinji received from Gendo, right? And um, in Gendo's time, it was uh, something he used to retreat from the world, right? And for Shinji uh, in the series um, and, you know, the first two movies, it operates a lot like that. Um, And that starts to change um, when that music player starts to gain some significance from from Rei and um, in -hmm. this movie where yeah. um it doesn't work anymore right um but it was sub- one, it was one of the things that was uh, that just came out with Shinji right it was recreated right. um it was just inexplicably there right because it it means something to him um and it gains more meaning in this movie where um you know uh he uh it's broken so he can't listen to it he can't retreat um into his own kind of you know little world and he learns to um, become um, more of like a social person, right? Um, he learns uh, to uh, to talk to Kaoru, and they learn how to play the piano together, right? So instead of just listening to these pre-recorded, you know, music and retreating from the world, you know, he's becoming more of a part of it, and um, you know, he's able to to make some music. Um, yeah. yeah. I, Mm-hmm. Um and so it it marks a point of of growth with Shinji, right? 
Um, and he gets frustrated, uh, you know, um, he asks Kaoru to fix it, Kaoru fixes it for him, he gets frustrated, he throws it, and he breaks it again, you know, Kaoru, you know, um, all that kind of stuff, um, gives it a lot more meaning than, um, when you go to 3.0 plus 1.0, where, um, it becomes kind of that pivotal symbol of the relationship between, um, Shinji and Gendo, where, you know, Gendo was never able to, um, overcome the, the sort of oppressive, um, you know, protective shell of, uh, being able to shut out his surroundings. Whereas, Mm -hmm. um, Shinji's entire arc over the, the entire narrative is about, um, being able to grow out of it. Right. And, you know, he, uh, like it becomes it becomes like a, a representative symbol of their of their collective traumas and how they deal with it right and then you know gendo leaves in 3.0 plus 1.0 um and so like i think if you just follow the trajectory of this um music player as a symbol it's it's kind of a really cool thing to look at um especially yeah. now that we have the context of the ending right um mm-hmm. there's a lot of things actually that um get kind of recontextualized because of the ending in a similar way um, I tend to find that um, I like that Shinji feels like he um, ha- like is is the same person he was uh, at the end of 2.0 um, throughout a lot of 3.0, but it's the process of him growing as he interacts with Kaoru. Um, and then um, it feels like he gets set back at the beginning of 3.0 plus 1.0, um, but that he eventually learns to heal again, right? And I think that that's like kind of um, that's like kind of the, I, that to me feels like the central theme of 3.0, right? Is um, it the t- the subtitle is obviously you cannot redo, but the not is in the parentheses, right? Um, mm-hmm. And it's about doing things as many times as it takes to make it feel right, right? Which is um, you know it's like stumbling um, and growing and getting hurt and hurting people and retreating back into yourself. But then also like beginning that process again and being able to like grow out of it and into um you know m- more of a, a person who's able to stand on their own, um, and that works both narratively for Shinji and it works kind of on a meta level like a meta textual level for uh, Ano making Evangelion right like we make jokes about how like Ano just he's just gonna keep making Evangelion until he gets it right and it feels like with um this and with three plus one he's finally getting it right um he finally feels okay with it. Um, yeah, if I was Ano, I would not ever return to the series. Oh God, what I never! Mean? Like, right? It's so super done. Don't ever do anything else with it. But oh God, I'm sure please. I talked about this. I'm sure I talked about this in 3.0 plus 1.0. But um, the thing about the characters being locked in stasis, right? Uh, about being locked in time physically, um, mm-hmm. has a lot to do with um, the fact that as characters in a piece of media. They um, are perpetually trapped at in that age in that era of their lives, yeah. right? And it's um, they have to keep reliving it over and over again, right? And the only way for that cycle to to end is to stop watching and to stop for like Evangelion to be over and for that story to be left there for you know someone else to find, right? It's um mm-hmm. a theme I find interesting um, that I find interesting in um, Undertale where um. One of the themes of that uh, game was about the fact that, um, you know, you can do everything over and over and over and over and over again. You can save and uh, reload and save and reload um, and you can play through the game as many times as you want. And eventually you might find yourself getting bored. You might do the, the route where you murder everybody. Right. And that's a thing that they specifically call out 
right? Um, that root exists because um, it speaks to the nature of people playing games in an obsessive way where so much of their personality hinges on it that they can't let it go. Whereas um, it was a game meant to be played and let go, right? And in many ways, mm -hmm. Evangelion is, um, for Anno, a series that you are meant to consume, um, to uh, you're meant to absorb and think about, and then you're meant to let it go, right? Because mm -hmm. um, that mirrors kind of his personal journey with you know depression and being a creator and creating something as big as Evangelion. So I, th I think yeah. that's, that's all very interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I'd say this is, for some reason, this movie is the one that I've watched the most. I, that doesn't surprise me. It's the most power-centric <laughs> movie. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'm really captivated by the way that they took the story and... Uh... Uh, treat it all I would say like the pacing and all the quiet moments um, even though like the end is like marks like a significant downfall like in mm -hmm. terms of you know <laughs> the overall uh, happiness of certain characters um, yeah yeah uh, the way that it it builds to it is really uh, um, very interesting <laughs> Also, like, um, it's very funny going back to this movie years after, um, like, watching a lot of other sort of Anno stuff, right? Um, mm -hmm. And just realizing that, like, um, in every Evangelion movie, like, the first, like, 20, 30 minutes is just, like, um, it's basically just, like, uh, all of the cool action stuff with, like, all of the kind of, like, tokusatsu, um, like, uh, giant robot kind of, like, mech stuff. Um, it's so nerdy. It's so nerdy. Yeah. <laughs> I like that they address that stuff in the beginning. And then uh, the rest of it is like the character drama and stuff. But it just has like a little bit of, of well, I guess, what everyone would want out of Evangelion, I think. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. I mean, that that's the thing, right? Is that like at the end of the day, um, it's still a series by Hideki Anno. And um, he still loves his tokusatsu stuff, right? Yeah. So... It's very funny to watch um, this and you kind of recognize the hallmark signs of just like um, of like, uh, you know, uh, a crew of people just like um, it's like, you know, like hard, hard turn to starboard, maximize the power. Captain, we can't do it. You have to do it. You know, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> right? it's, a very, yeah. it's a very particular kind of like. Um, uh, how shall I say this? It's a very particular kind of sequence that like. Is only as detailed as it is because Anno finds it interesting and cool, mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. that's very obvious, right? <laughs> and I mean, like, I mean, it is exciting. It, too, it, it yeah, <laughs> it, it works, right? It's cool. It's like all yeah. the kind of like, um, you know, the Godzilla stuff, um, the like, yeah. um, uh, the mech stuff is always really cool. Like, <laughs> yeah. don't get me wrong, I love mech stuff, and I love cool, like, um, cool <laughs> moments, right? Like this, this uh, movie doesn't. Um, does not not serve you cool moments. Um, there's a lot of very cool Asuka moments where, um, you know, she's like, um, I I'm not gonna lie, so, uh, those those moments where like Asuka is like um, piloting um, Unit uh, Zero Two and um, it's like uh, entering the like feral mode and her eyes start glowing and her teeth are really sharp. Mm. I see that every time. Mm. I'm just like, mm. <laughs> yes, please. I want more of this. <laughs> 
I can't I can't help it. There is a primal part of me that is just like glowing eyes and feralness. Oh baby. Oh baby. <laughs> <laughs> Give it to me. <laughs> <laughs> they they always do a good job of giving her like a unique look every movie, right? I I love it. So, yeah, <laughs> I think it, they they gave her like the prototype look, and then this one they gave her the hat, and then the fair. I look, I love that hat. I'm not I'm not yeah. gonna lie to you. Um, that hat. Um, it's a good hat. I noticed. Um, <laughs> I I noticed the the little pins on the hat, and I was like, oh, I want yeah, this. Yeah, I want yeah. this hat. It's so cute. Um. Yeah, and then the fourth one, she's. I mean, she's just naked with a jacket on, but like that's also symbolic for her too <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah i mean also like um i don't know if you know this about me i don't know if this is like a known character trait about me yet but um if it isn't i'm gonna i'm gonna make this very clear right now i like characters with eye patches <laughs> yes you do <laughs> bro if, if if your character has one singular eye oh baby <laughs> like i i love characters with eye patches um, I love uh, all of the characters in Genshin Impact that have eye patches. I love Asuka in the rebuilds. Uh, I love Goro Majima. Like, come on, eye patches—they're just sexy. I don't know what it is. Just not having an eye, extremely sexy. <laughs> I don't know what it is either. <laughs> anyway. Um, so yeah, the kind of um, central theme of uh, of three is is about this repetition, right? And yeah, you know, it makes a lot of sense from uh, the narrative. It makes a lot of sense from the metatextual, um, and it also just kind of like it just kind of feels um, it's it's a little like funny almost, right? Because it's like um, we're just like how many times is like this the like end point of Evangelion, right? What I I guess one of the reasons why I'm so compelled by this movie is like it feels very in a way like very carefully planned and paced um Mm -hmm. and uh everything it feels like feeds into that theme of repetition um i think i linked this to you when we first watched it way back when um this like uh screen cap here i'll link it to you again of um Fuyutsuki's game with Shinji where he says that Shinji's will lose in 31 moves and then if you move forward in the film 31 minutes later oh my god head explodes <laughs> it's when Kaoru dies right in front of him bro what the fuck <laughs> so I think it's it feels like things like that right that that make this movie so compelling <laughs> There, I'm sure there's a shit ton of like weird nerdy shit like this yes, where there's right. like stuff that Anno is just like hey, no one will get this <laughs> and then some rando on reddit is like OMG <laughs> yeah that's that's actually fucking incredible yeah right <laughs> Well, that's um that's yeah. a lot. <laughs> yeah, right, but I think it's very cool because I mean again it talks about it feeds into the the theme of repetition where even Fuyutsuki knows how predetermined this outcome is going to be. Like no matter how much Shinji tries to fight against it, he's basically mm-hmm. telling Shinji directly, it doesn't matter what you're going to do, 
how many times you repeat this, the outcome is going to be the same. Yeah. Um, and he doesn't like telling Shinji that, and he's of course at odds with Gendo in that respect. Um, but um, they all have their parts to play, and I think he says something basically to that point. Um, within the movie, is that he played his part, and now he just has to let let the cards fall where they where they go where they lie. So. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. I also um there's also like the um there are a lot of quotes in this um movie that I really liked um like mm-hmm. uh Fuyutsuki saying that um actually Fuyutsuki had some some killer lines in this uh in this Yeah, movie. he has a lot of good lines. Uh, he says that breaking apart the world is easy, rebuilding it is not uh and that the same is true for the human heart. Um Yeah. That obviously I don't even have to tell you like that that works very well. <laughs> um I like that Karu says um, the ties that bind will lead the way because it like that's that, that's it right. <laughs> yeah. Um, he's like even when I'm gone, right? Like uh, you'll be able to you'll learn how to stand on your own, um, and you'll learn to find a place where you can be at peace, right? I think it's funny because um, what this movie um, leading into three point plus one point kind of um, does is um, so. Uh, uh, Neon Genesis Evangelion is uh is a uh is a sekai k, which means that um the state of the world um and like kind of the apocalypse uh, as a result of that is tied directly to the um mental state and relationship of the main character um right it's a it's a pretty popular genre in in Japan probably as a result of Evangelion but like um. The thing is that basically the the world itself revolves around Shinji, right? And mm-hmm. um kind of uh like all of the the things that he does um and all of the mistakes that he makes reverberate out, right? And he, you know, triggers these impacts, right? But the end of 3.0 and uh 3.0 plus 1.0 as uh, in its entirety is a lot more about um, decoupling Shinji from the world. Um, not in a way where he's being removed from the world, but in the way that um, the world no longer revolves around him, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's that's an interesting departure because um, it's basically like, Kaoru basically says at the end of this movie, like, you don't have to be the main character anymore. You can find a place where you can be at peace. Um, and he says the ties that bind will lead the way, right? Um, yeah. He says specifically, basically, that you know the relationships that he's made up until this point will be what guide him um, to that point where he is no longer um, at the center of the world. And I think that works in um, this specific metatextual context of what Sekake kind of um, kind of represents, right? As like a very popular fantasy for um, the um, how do I say this? It's a very popular fantasy for the male psyche. Um, being the mm-hmm. kind of like main character and like having the world revolve around you, right? Like if you, like it's up to you to save the world and all that kind of stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that's very popular with um, men, it, at least in Japan. Um, this kind of fiction is is super popular, right? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And for Ano, it, it feels like this kind of transition between three point and one point is about you know um, removing Shinji from that place, um, from the place where yes. he feels like. Um, he, all of his, uh, like the the world revolves around him, and all of the pressure that that comes with, right? And pulling that out and saying like, it's okay, right? Like 
it's okay to be at peace. It's okay to um, just be a normal person with your with your everyday relationships, and the world does not have to revolve around you. In fact, it's better if the world doesn't revolve around you, right? Yeah, I loved how they pulled Shinji out of that role and just kind of had him actually take a look at his relationships and address each one of them, and then yeah. also see that the world is able to survive and carry on without his influence. Like, it'll mm-hmm. keep moving on, and not everything has to be on his shoulders. Yeah. Um, like, and the characters reiterate that for him. That's the thing, right, is that, like, um, at the beginning of this movie, um, Shinji's like, let me pilot the Eva, and Misato goes, no. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's like, no. And then later, Shinji gets into the Eva uh, anyway. Um, yeah. And um, he basically, like, forces a lot of stuff to happen, even though everybody yeah. is telling him not to, right? And that yeah. causes more damage than if he had just done nothing about it, right? You know, it's not right. just about having to do things all the time, right? It's, it's like, um, sometimes it's okay to listen to other people. <laughs> well, yeah, but I think it's also kind of like a consequence. I mean, and, and I think they addressed this better in the fourth movie, that... Uh, these people relied on Shinji way too much, and yeah, then totally. they realized the horrible consequences that that created to the point that Shinji causes the events of 3.0 um, due to everyone relying on him way too much in 2.0, and then also 1.0. Um, yeah, totally. Like they they 100% realize um, that yeah. putting all of that on the shoulders of a child is is causing some irreparable damage and might come to bite them right yeah it's just like the problem is that all of the resentment that they built up because of the events that happened and the mistakes that were caused they then directed at shinji and so then therefore he causes the stuff in 3.0 anyway because they didn't properly address it with him they just were like don't do anything stay right there just put this collar on it's this is a very funny thing to talk about in regards to yeah. Evangelion because Evangelion um, is one of those uh, series that kind of um, basically takes like Christian mythology and then like uses it like a like you know the West uses Japanese mythology. They're just like, oh, cool! It's look at this cool stuff. There's crosses mm-hmm. and stuff. But it is extremely funny that um, Shinji is like this kind of like Christ-like figure that like. Um, has to deal with all the burdens of the world. And then at the end of 3.0, Kaoru becomes Jesus Christ, right? Like, literally, he's like, I will, I will take this collar that represents your sin unto myself, and I will die with your sin, right? Right. So Kaoru basically takes all of, like, Shinji's sins, and he's just like, I resolve you of all your sins, my child. Goodbye. Like... <laughs> Literally, Kaoru becomes <laughs> Jesus Christ. If we're talking about the kind of like framing of like um of the character in the narrative, like um because like obviously we have to talk about it because like um the uh the entire show is steeped in the the clothing um of uh of Christian mythology, right? You know, there's right. talk about uh adam and eve and the dead sea scrolls and all of that kind of stuff right so it (laughs) it is very funny because Kaoru becomes jesus yes he he not only i guess quote unquote forgives shinji he never really blamed shinji in the first place but Mm -hmm. yeah he tries to forgive shinji on behalf of humanity by taking on his the sins that he's accumulated 
Um, but also, like, make sure to instill in Shinji this feeling of hope and that hope will always persevere and it'll always exist and tries to tell him, tries to guide him in towards it, right? Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. Which is... Like, he, he he's the one that tells Shinji, you know, you are the one that caused all of this, but there's a way to get through it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that it's funny because like um Kaoru talks a lot about hope in this uh in this movie. Yes. And then in 3.0 plus 1.0, um we kind of come to the conclusion that um like too much hope, like hope without anything attached to it, um is kind of poisonous, right? Mhm. And it's interesting that um you know, obviously uh 1.0 2.0 Shinji knows what despair is shinji despairs mm-hmm. a lot in 3.0 shinji learns what hope is and then in you know four uh in a, i keep saying 4.0 it's 3.0 plus 1.0 god damn you evangelion <laughs> i just say the fourth movie <laughs> yeah. to make it easier so in uh yeah in 3.0 plus uh 1.0 um they kind of rebuke both of these both of these concepts they're just like you know like hope and despair are two sides of the same coin right um and it is entirely possible to get too swept up in one or the other um, without being able to do anything um, as a result, right? And um, so yeah. as a result, we have the third spear, right? Gaius, the spear of mankind's willpower and knowledge, right? Yeah. Um, the fact that it's like not just, uh, it's not enough to have hope, it's that you have to do something about it. Right. I think it's, um, quite interesting that way too that you mentioned that Shinji you know knows despair and he in that sense uh, is kind of like a representation of despair versus on the other side of the coin Gendo is the representation of like uh, a hope that's a little that that's like that false toxic hope right the one yeah, where yeah. his hope is to you know see his his deceased wife again even at the detriment of everything else Right. Um, and because there's nothing of substance, um, no actual humanity attached to his hope, um, he has to reconcile the sacrifices that he's made at the end and how Yui was there the whole time in Shinji, but he never saw it because of his false hope. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Also, um, somewhat unrelated, but... Um... God, I love Mari so much. <laughs> she's so great. She's like not even. I like that she's such a, a steady but knowledgeable facet in, in 3.0 and also 3.0 plus 1.0. <laughs> well, I was going to say, like, she's, she's like pr- pretty present throughout the movie, but like she never actually takes center stage, really. Like, she's there no, to back up Asuka like 90% of the time. Um, yeah. And I, I got to say, I, I love their dynamics so much. Um, yeah. And it is it is my my true headcanon that they get married. <laughs> they are very good. <laughs> yeah, they have, they've got they've got a, a a very good dynamic going. Um, yes. But yeah, uh, three point plus uh, or three point um, It's really good. Um, and for a long time, it was like the last bit of Evangelion that we had access to. Um, so oh it's, my gosh, yeah, it's kind of I wild was... that we live in a post Evo world now, right? 
I don't know. I, I feel like I've been waiting for a 3.0 plus 1.0 for so long, and I was so eager to see it having watched 3.0, right? Right after I watched it, I was like, oh my gosh, I need this fourth movie, like, now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would check on it, like, basically every year. Like, is it? <laughs> are we any closer? <laughs> but yeah, I feel- now that it's finally here, and it's done with, and we've consumed it, mm-hmm. um, I feel like... Uh, it's such a nice bow on everything, and they wrapped up as much as they humanly could in one movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, while it trying is, to tie the movie together, <laughs> it is kind of an interesting. It's it's funny because it it um. So you know how like uh <clears throat> you know how like the middle movie of a trilogy always uh, feels like it's set up for the next movie. This kind of feels a lot like that, and I I, I guess in a, a way that makes a lot of sense because the first two movies are basically the same, right? Yeah, because they're basically about the series, right? They're just recapping um, a lot of stuff, um, or like mm-hmm. you know, rebooting it or whatever. Um, but I would say that I, I wouldn't say that three is like weak in any in any respect. I, I think it's actually one of the stronger movies. Um, yeah, no, definitely. I think so too. Um, I mean, that's the reason. One of the reasons why I watched it so many times. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah. at the end of the day, right, is uh, Evangelion is about broken children being led by broken adults in a broken world. Oh, and that's, oh my goodness. Man, doesn't that feel kind of, doesn't, doesn't that feel kind of hidden close to home? <laughs> oh boy, sure kind of does, doesn't it? You know, I just realized something. Hmm. Um, Kind of slightly unrelated to 3.0, but also kind of related, is... Uh, in the fourth movie, um, when Shinji is talking to Karu, he, I feel like, maybe I'm misquoting, but I remember him saying something along the lines of how, uh, I think either Kaoru's betrayal or Kaoru's presence in, um, Shinji's life was kind of like a representation of how Shinji wanted approval from his father, and therefore he mm-hmm. kind of wanted approval from Kaoru. But... 3.0 plus 1.0 Shinji shouldn't... I feel like that that would be more accurate to the anime versus any of the movies, right? Because in the movie, in 3.0, their bond is quite different from the anime, right? In the anime, Kaoru betrays Shinji, mm-hmm. and then that's why yeah. he's so hurt. Um, because he looked up to Kaoru and I guess wanted his approval. But in 3.0, it's not like that. Mm-hmm. Kaoru doesn't really betray Shinji. He just helps him along the way and is his friend. So I'm wondering if in the fourth movie, the way that he's talking to Kaoru makes it seem more like he has the knowledge of the anime series and also the movie series, and then that's why mm, I think it helps wrap up the it, whole the whole entire series. <laughs> I think in in some ways that that might very well be true. Um, it because mm. it seems like uh. And I, it's hard to say whether this is like intentional or just kind of a tongue-in-cheek thing by Anna or whatever, um, mm. or just a coincidence entirely, right? But um, a lot of characters speak as though they um, have knowledge. Speci- okay, specifically, Kaoru speaks a lot as if he's seen like every <laughs> every loop of Evangelion that has ever happened. Right? Yeah, <laughs> you know, um, Kaoru is uh, is both the first and the thirteenth angel. Uh, he's the beginning mm-hmm. and the end. Um, but yeah, I feel like when he gets introduced in in the rebuilds, um, he's just like, ah, yes, it's time. <laughs> it's that time again. 
time time yeah, to go he, do he my Evangelion stuff. Of right? Yeah. <laughs> so there is. I, I would say it's not not completely impossible. Um, because like um, I think that um, Anno is at the very least aware of all of the like uh Evangelion timelines. Um, like there's the the sort yeah. of manga specific stuff where um, uh, Mari was uh was friends with the um you know, with Gendo and, and Yui, and that stuff gets, yeah. you know, uh, solidified as, like, movie canon in... Yeah, Marvel, yeah. Now, right? Mm -hmm. So yeah. it is incredibly hard to say what is what, and I think that might be part of the point, right? Is that, like, it's hard to pin down one canonical timeline just because, like, mm -hmm. all of these are just as validly Evangelion as the others. <laughs> just sounds like something so deviously Anno-like, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, there's there, there's certainly a sort of merit to that. Um, I think I think Toho games are sort of like this, where each one is mm. like um, takes place from a different perspective, but they're all canon. Mm. Um, there was another property that was like this that I don't quite remember what it was, but I might just be thinking about Toho again. Um, but anyway, yeah, I'm I'm always interested in in sort of um, multimedia stuff and stuff that spans multiple types of media. Um, and how mm -hmm. those get tied together because sometimes they do right like sometimes like stuff like eva they do um and it's always interesting to me to see how that that comes together um but that mm -hmm. might just be because i um am a weirdo right like yoko taro's work is a lot like this where um he will just make a game and then he'll make a stage play that explains a lot of things that people had questions about but because it's a stage play, no one will have watched or read it until, like, years <laughs> after the fact. And he'll put on a concert that has, like, narrative in it. And then, like, <laughs> um, and then he'll release another game that's, like, uh. the same universe, but 10,000 years later. So nothing really matters, actually, a lot. So, I don't know. <laughs> God, I love Yokotaro. God, he's a weird fucking guy. Anyway, um, yeah, I think we can just I can I think we can kind of round out. Um, I know we have not been talking about Evangelion specifically for that long, but that's not the only thing this episode is about. Obviously, um, we spent like an hour uh, catching up because it's been forever since we've spoken to each other. Um, but yeah, yeah. Um, here's our send off to Evangelion for the moment. I'm sure. I'm sure we'll talk about it again. Um. <laughs> Yeah, um, the Eva discussions will never end. But let uh, let's move sort of slightly into talking about um, uh, podcast stuff, right? Because like uh, this is technically our anniversary episode. Um, we have been going for uh, what is it now? Four years? Does this, this, this mark four yeah. years? I believe so. Um, that four is yeah, pretty wild. <laughs> um, a lot of things have changed in four years. We went from weekly to fortnightly to monthly. Um, I swear, I swear, we will not slow it down further than a month, like one episode a month. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, thank you. I like I like one episode a month. It I, feels I, good. It's a good pace, and with my yeah. current workload, it's just right. Uh, kind <laughs> of. We'll see. Um, <laughs> but I won't. We won't slow it down any more than that. Uh, we'll we'll make it work. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for um, sticking with us this far because uh, it is really, really, really wild to me that uh, we've been keeping this up for like four years now. Um, 
that is longer than I've been doing a lot of stuff, really. So, um, yeah. Here, cheers to that, I, I suppose, you know? Yeah. Um, uh, do we have anything to announce? Um, uh, the postcards, the postcards for the, the yeah. patrons um, will be going they out cometh. <laughs> soon-ish. Um, yeah. I don't have an exact timeline on that. Uh, this month. They this month. Okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> then uh, we will we will get those sorted this month. Um, and mm-hmm. um, since I'm out and about anyway, uh, I will have them um mailed out uh, as ASAP. So yeah, expect those yeah. at some point because that's that's gonna be super fun. It's gonna be super exciting. Um, and then also uh, I don't know. I think we have some episodes planned for the beginning of this year, um, like two or three episodes uh, out for the year we have planned. Um, but then the rest of the, um, this is exciting, the rest of the, the topics this year will be chosen by Renu. It's the year of Renu. Apparently it is. <laughs> yeah. I mean, because no, like, normally what happens is um, I, I come to you and I'm like, okay, Renu, yeah. we're going to do an episode on this. Okay, we're going to do an episode on this. Um. But uh, yeah, I, I would love for you to, to come with topics that you care about and um, force okay. me to watch them because normally it's the other way around. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we have a little give and take. <laughs> a little, little give and take. So the, this year is the year of Renu. Um, wow. What is, your, what is your Chinese zodiac? Horse. Horse. Okay. I Sorry, <laughs> I don't. I actually not, don't know. Not consistent with this. Year. I was gonna say, like, how many more years until until we hit horse? Right, like, <laughs> what is it, like uh, four, three, five? Uh, twenty twenty six. Twenty twenty six. Another four, four years. years. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I am in four years. I'll decide again. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, you're right. That uh, uh, the horse year will definitely be your year. Um, my year was, uh, was the year of the rat, oh. which was like two ish years ago. Um, it's funny cause I'm, I'm year of the rat, but I'm like right at the cusp of rat and ox. Um, because I, my birthday is in January, right? It's like right at the beginning of January. So like I'm oh, right at the end of that, that last one. Right. Cause, uh, because of the lunar calendar. Um, I believe that lunar new year is on February 1st this year. Or somewhere mm-hmm. thereabouts. Um, and uh, if you do celebrate Lunar New Year, um, happy celebrations! It's a it's a very exciting time of the year. Um, lots of mm-hmm. cool stuff happens for lots of uh, people of different heritages. Um, my family, we just resolve everything on uh, Western New Year's. So um, we get up in the morning and we eat uh, we eat takuk and we um, bow from from New Year's money and, and that kind of stuff. Um, so I've already mm-hmm. settled all that stuff, right? I'm mm-hmm. I'm done, um, but if those celebrations for you are to come, and if you are able to celebrate them with your families in a safe and sanitary manner, then Godspeed. <laughs> um, it is it is one of my favorite times of the year, right? Like, um, mm-hmm. my uh, uncharacteristically problematic holiday season aside, you know, I love getting to see my family um, and uh, eat some delicious rice cake soup and um, get money for free. Uh, it's the, the same season as my birthday. I, I will say it is very funny having three consecutive um, events 
where I I get things. Um, <laughs> because it's Christmas uh-huh. and then New Year's and then my birthday. Except I never receive anything for my birthday really because I always get things for Christmas, right? So, mm. <laughs> little unfortunate, little unfortunate. Mm-hmm. But you know, so it goes. Um, it makes my age really easy to track because as soon as the year turns, there's only like two or three days before I'm like, okay, now I'm the new age. <laughs> right, <laughs> so I go. basically turn with the year. It's fun. <laughs> So yeah, um yeah. Yeah, uh it I think um we might do like a retrospective or something uh on the podcast uh, at the end of the year. Um like we might uh cuz I mean obviously since we have um a free slot I, essentially because we um have sort of finished talking about Evangelion for the moment. Um we might do just like a a, a an absolute territory podcast uh you know, five years in review at the end of the year. That might be fun. Whoa, that's crazy. Yeah, isn't that wild? Like half a decade, (laughs) actually, that's kind of nuts, right? Yeah, that's super wild. (laughs) It's a little stressful, too. We we didn't do this year is we pick our favorite anime of the year. Yeah, so that's, um, that, uh, do you have favorite anime of the year off the top of your head? Let's let me think about it for a second. Because like this year um, was fucking wild. It was really wild, and I'm like very quickly skimming through the anime lists of this year. I think just the wrap ups. If yeah. I were to pick two, right? Because two stick out to me immediately. One is Odd Taxi. Okay, yeah. Um, and then the other is Osama Ranking. I love those two. Um, like, particularly. I... I agree. I would I would yeah. easily say that Odd Taxi was probably one of the best things that um I think one of the best series that aired um all year in 2021, which is super yeah. impressive given um yeah. all of the really good stuff that came out in 2021. Um mm-hmm. and I would say that Osama Ranking is uh easily on par with um Odd Taxi, um if not greater. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's not completely done wrapping this year, so I wouldn't necessarily count right. it simply this year. Um, that's true. Yeah. Also, and this is a pain in the ass, but we do have to wait until the show is over to actually properly rank it, or else we get into a weird Wonder Egg priority um, territory. Oh, oh, um, you're right. I, I'll hold off. I'll say Odd Taxi then to okay. just be safe because I, we haven't finished. I honestly think that, that Odd Taxi. <laughs> Uh, easily is like the best thing that I watched last year. Um, but I will say, if we're going for top three, um, I would say Odd okay, Taxi was really good. Um, mm-hmm. uh, to Your Eternity was really really solid. Um, mm-hmm. and uh, there was one more that I really liked. Um, oh, Skate the Infinity. I really liked Skate the Infinity. I was gonna. That was going to be another, my other one, too. Escape the Infinity. <laughs> like, if I had to choose three shows from 2021 <laughs> that I really liked, um, yeah. in no particular order, it would be those three. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Those three stand out to me uh, for sure. Um, yeah, I, I know we, did, we didn't do this last year, which is kind of sad. Um, I don't remember what came out last year, but I'm pretty sure some pretty good stuff came out last year. Um, Mm-hmm. We we didn't do a, a wrap up um, just because like it was easier to do a end of year wrap up when we were doing weekly episodes, right? 
Because then mm. you don't overload so much stuff on just the the last monthly episode and you end up with like a four-hour long episode where you talk about all the stuff you've been up to over the holidays, which is usually a lot, and then uh, talk about the, the show itself or or, uh, or Eva, and then that's like 90 minutes, and then you talk about um, <laughs> all of the anime that you watched, which is like another like two hours, mm-hmm. right? So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I don't know. If, um, if it was more of a... Uh, spectacle i guess like if the podcast were a big podcast we might put on some like um end of the year like stream content or something but um uh, honestly we we might actually even be able to do that at the end of this year that might be fun actually um we might that would be fun we might actually try to plan for like a new year stream or something that'd be I, i would like that a lot yeah, we could we could stream it and then we'll post the the audio of the VOD or whatever on. Yeah, no editing, please God, like no that. editing, <laughs> or minimal <laughs> editing. Oh, please God. Um, <laughs> New Year's streams are always super fun to me. Um, they are fun. And normally I'm busy during New Year's, but um, the last we just find a day that's not specifically on the holiday specific yeah not specifically Mm -hmm. on new year's but like um i mean to be fair the last two new years i've been um somewhat of a wash just because uh you know you know why (laughs) if you think that the pandemic Mm. is going to be under control by the end of next year that's quite optimistic and um (laughs) i can't begrudge you for that because i i too hope that it will be under control by then um Mm. so yeah i i think that um that about wraps it up, right? I, I think um, for the year. Uh, I mean, I know this episode is going up in January, um, decidedly after the year has ended. It would have been ideal if it went up before the year ended. But what can you do, right? Um, hopefully, twenty twenty two is kinder to us. Uh, hopefully, please God, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be all right. It'll be all right. We'll There's always hope. Soupy. There's always hope. We'll make it through together. And if not, we'll just invent giant flesh robots to solve all our problems. Which, you know what? Doesn't sound too bad, actually. Bring on the Evangelions. <laughs> Put the fate of the world on these teenagers who had to grow up in the year of the pandemic. I was going to say, we're kind of already doing that, right? Yeah. It was like, I mean, this may this may permanently alter your body forever, but um, the economy needs to keep going. <laughs> no. So, yep. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, you will be seeing much more of us in 2022. Certainly, we have lots of episodes planned for you. Um, Yay! And I'm excited. You know, um, we're going mm. into year five, and like. You know, we're not a huge podcast, but um, we really appreciate all the people who do listen. Like, the, okay, I'm not going to lie to you. The fact that more than, like, um, the fact that uh, on each episode um, we get more than, like, four views is boggling to me. It is crazy to me, too. And I, I'm happy about that, that there's actually people who um, enjoy our podcast and, you know. I like to engage in discussion with us about these kinds of things. I mean, it's a lot yeah. of fun. Yeah. <laughs> like, on, like, honestly, the fact that, like, um, we, um, okay, so we, we can divulge this a little bit. Um, we average about um, 30 to 40 listens per episode, and that's crazy to me. That is, wow, that's crazy. Oh, my God, I didn't know it was that much. <laughs> that's actually incredible. I, 
I, I I'm yeah. I'm really thankful for that. I I will wow. say um I do want to go back and remaster the first couple episodes because um I think the audio on them is not ideal and they um I think uh I don't want people to like listen to the first episode and then just be put off the whole thing. Um uh, yeah. Because the audio quality is so yeah. not not great, but um you know, obviously that's just a thing that I just have never had time for. Um really uh or when i have had time for i need to spend that time doing other things i do you you know how it is you know how doing things is yeah. um yeah but again um if if you're listening to this if you made it to the end of this episode um you have my 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 big gratitude not my small gratitude big. my big one the um, big one because <laughs> I, I really do appreciate it right um <laughs> i wouldn't be continuing to make this podcast if uh, no one was listening. I think I don't know. Maybe we would be actually. Um, but but that nevertheless, your uh your listens mean a lot to us. Um, they really really do. Uh, and thank you so much for for being on this journey with us because it um it's been a a lot. It's been a rough couple years. Uh, and the podcast has existed like at this point, half of the podcast has existed in in pandemic time, which is just wild <laughs> to me. Right. We persevere. We persevere. <laughs> we are persevering and we are doing our best. So um, thank you so much for listening. Um, yeah, thank you so much, guys. <laughs> and thank you to our patrons subscribed to us Yay. on Patreon. Thank you so wow, much. Wow, thank to you. Evan Williams, Magpie Miratesk, uh, Claire, Frostfall, Shondow, Cherubel, Dylan Boats, and Undead and Canny. Thank you so much for the support. Um, Yay. We really, really do appreciate it. Uh, it would be you. very difficult to be subscribed to all these stupid subscription platforms <gasps> without your support. Oh, um, yes. And like, you know, uh, you're all very generous and I really do yes, appreciate extremely. you. Um, mm-hmm. Like even a, even a dollar a month would be amazing, but a lot of you are doing a lot more than that. And um, yeah, thank you. Thank you. Again, that really means <laughs> a lot. Uh, and look forward to your postcards. Because Yay. they will be coming. Yeah. Heck yeah. <laughs> yeah. I uh, I believe at the beginning of last year, we reduced the, the tier for postcards to $5 a month. Um, Ooh. Awesome. So uh, more people will be getting postcards, which is nice, actually. Cause oh, I, so I think I think the postcards are super fun. I do want to be able to send them out to more people because, you know. I think it's just like a nice little like thank you thing. Yeah, nice, <laughs> nice little thank you thing. I I like I like yeah. it. I have the um I have the other postcards um somewhere. Um, I think they're in a box somewhere. Um, <laughs> but I I love it. I love having a little like physical artifact of, yeah. of the podcast, right? Um, yeah. Because uh, f- we didn't really have anything for the first year, but um, the second year onwards, mm-hmm. we've we've had the postcard. Um, and that's yeah. really meant a lot. So. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I hope I hope you know what here's to a, a, a lot of years of postcards because I think those are, oh, I think those are pretty fun. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, it is also just like one of the one of the things that um uh one of the things that we can do that uh, flexes your your art muscle skills. Uh yeah, it, it, something aside from I guess like the videos and stuff is like uh yeah. I like being able to make these postcards and and send them out to everyone. They're cute. <laughs> uh, they're cute. Um they're coming out short soon-ish. Um like uh if i remember i'll put a patreon update when i when i send them out um but yeah Yay. expect those within the month um mm-hmm. 
But yeah. Yes. Oh, um, oh, if you guys are listening, make sure that your, I guess your addresses on Patreon are updated because uh, we'll be using those to yes. send them to you. Um, uh, if you want to like make sure your, yeah, your name and your addresses are updated so that uh, we can mail them to you. Or if you have a different mailing address that you want us to send them to, just uh, send either me or Supi a private message and we will get that sorted out for you. Yeah, send me a message and I'll yeah. I'll, I'll get I'll get you them postcards on the yeah. down low. <laughs> yeah, because I'll be sending them to Supi and then Supi will be sending them out. So, yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, that way we can both write little messages um, yeah, just we for you. Write stuff to you. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, um, I believe yeah. that is uh, that is kind of um, you know the the end of talking about uh, podcast stuff. Uh, so, Woo. who are you, and where can we find you on the internet? Whoa, I am Renu, also known as Swan. You can find me on the internet at uh, Swan Drawn on Twitter, um, Tumblr, uh, Twitch, um, even Facebook, and. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at swan.drawn. I am working on the postcard and also um, some other uh, podcast-related stuff. And uh, on stream, I am about to wrap up Resident Evil 1 Remake. Um, I'm apparently very close to the end, which I'm so excited for. This game has been terrifying, but also really fun. <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, oh, God, I know I'm about to go play another scary part, but also I'm really looking forward to it. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> um, yeah. So if you want to watch me do a scary screaming finale, that will definitely happen um, next Friday. I think we'll, we'll hopefully I'll, I won't play the game so slowly that we won't be able to finish it. But, you know, we'll see. <laughs> yeah. 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 All right. Uh, and what about you? <laughs> you can find me all the places at Literal Soup. Um, I am on Twitch and Twitter, um, and I'm I'm on Patreon. If you're still subscribed to my Patreon, I'm so so sorry for not having anything for you. Um, I st- I've started some writing projects. Um, they're currently Ooh. on hold because um, I just don't have time because I'm working on a lot of freelance stuff right now. But um, oh. But yeah, so I'm um going to be uh I'm actually going to be streaming. Um I've I've started a new streaming series um which is uh where my friends and I uh rank the Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition subclasses. Um so we go through each of the subclasses and we talk about like what makes this class good, what makes this class bad, um how it sits in relation to the other classes uh within that oh. uh, within that class. Uh we've already done Barbarians. Uh, and oh. we've, we've ranked all the barbarians. Um, it it's pretty balanced all the way through. Um, which is to say that there's like pretty equal amounts in each tier, but um, some worse than others. Uh, <laughs> and next we're doing bards. Um, and I don't know when this oh. I don't know when this episode is going to be coming out, but um, the streams take place at uh twelve p.m. Pacific time. Uh, because that's that's where I'm situated. Um. So the episode may be out by the time in time, but probably by the time you're listening to this, it will have already been streamed. Um, so just so you know about that, uh, it's usually on Sundays. Um, but uh, yeah, that's that's just do where you, we're um, 
Do you upload the VODs on your YouTube channel like you do the yes, yes. Ace Attorney stuff? Um, okay, then so. yeah, I guess if you guys uh, aren't able to make Soupy's stream, then you can always find it on their uh, YouTube channel at Literal Soup. Yeah, you can you can find me uh, at uh, Literal... literal uh, uh, actually, so right now my channel is currently the Literal Soup Stream Archive. Um, oh, you changed it! I changed it just because <laughs> it, it's not like I'm making like videos. Right? I'm just putting the, the VODs up. Um, True. But uh, if you if you want to go, um, I've actually gone through and I've put chapters into the the YouTube vod, so you can actually Whoa. skip through it if you want to. Um, wow, that's nice. I don't know why you want to. <laughs> don't you want to know why Berserker is a bad barbarian? <gasps> How dare you! <laughs> yeah, um, but, I must click to find out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, find out. Number six will surprise you. <laughs> So yeah, that's that's what I'm up to. Um, I promise okay. I'm working on stuff all the time, always. That's just how it be. I've just needed. Oh yes. I've just needed a little bit of time to rest because my holiday season has been more stressful than uh, I anticipated. Um, but anyway, yeah. yeah thanks, um, thanks so much for uh, you know, supporting me and stuff. Um, yeah. I, I I like when people look at the things I make. Ah. Uh. <laughs> you know, above all else, uh, being. Okay, having money is nice because being alive is nice. Um, sure. But the creative fulfillment comes comes as a close second, I would say. <laughs> <laughs> like on Maslow's hierarchy of needs, it's like food and water is like at the you know at the to the top. And anyway, so I suppose that's it then. Um, I suppose we wow. will see you uh, in a bit. Um, for another episode um, whether or not that is the sampler that I really 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 need to get done um, or whether it's the January episode or whatever um, I hope you tune in and I hope you keep tuning in and we will see you next time ね。